Christmas, it's an amazing time of year, isn't it? In so many, so many ways. And uh, this Christmas season, we're looking at Christmas uh, through the lens of news, uh, news that we hear. It's been kind of a fascinating uh, a study for me and in some ways kind of a fresh way to look at Christmas and how when good news is God's news, it really is perfect for everyone. And uh, I guess if there's an overarching point to uh, the whole point of news that's easy to forget is that the news we listen to, the news we believe in, and to some extent the news that we pass on determines the person we are and are becoming. That's kind of one of those statements that uh, rattle your cage a little bit. Um, but I, I think it's something that resonates and we understand the reality of that. Um, we are all people... Uh, well, we are the people that we are based upon the news that we have listened to and that we have believed. Now, news comes in a lot of different ways, and, and we need a lot of different inputs of news. Um, news is like bread and water or food. It's just a basic necessity of life. Um, if we were just left to ourselves without any news coming in, ay ay ay, that'd be more than just failure to thrive. That would be just trouble all the way around. So, for example, uh, elementary preschool teachers bring the news of let me put an alphabet to this language that you're listening to. And this is what an A looks like, this is what a B looks like. And through that news, a child develops the ability to take what they hear and what they speak and be able to put it in written form. Every one of us grew up in some kind of a home. And uh, if you grew up in the home with your parents, you learned a lot about your parents by just living in the home. But there's some things that you and I know about our parents only because they spoke news to us. We would only know about the homes they grew up in by what they tell us. We would only know about where they grew up by what they tell us. We would only know how they met. All those things, all of those things we are dependent upon by hearing the news. And so it is with God. There's a lot of things that we can learn about God, and we'll look at Psalm 19 in a moment here. There's a lot of things that we can learn about God by looking at creation. But to know God in the reality of who He is, we are absolutely dependent upon His news. And our contention is, the clear statement that we're making this Christmas season is, is that when good news is God's news, it is perfect for everyone. That's a claim that can only be made about God's news. It puts God's news in an entirely different category than all or any other news that we might possibly listen to. And we're looking this Christmas season at five different reasons why that statement is true. We uh, are looking at the source of the news. We looked at that last week. And we said 
When you hear news, what's one of the first things you, that you and I should consider before we listen to it and believe it, and especially pass it on? We should consider the source. I mean, how many times have you heard that? How many times have you thought that? Because news always comes from a source, and the type of news and the bent of the news is dependent upon the source of the news. And what makes God's news, good news, fit for everyone is that He is the only being that is entirely 100% good. Good in His nature, good in what He speaks, and good in His intentions that it would be beneficial to other people. And so we looked last week at Jesus comparing a good father who would give good things to his son And when you compare the goodness of that kind of a father to God, the father is evil in comparison to God who is 100% good. And so this huge contrast between who God is and His goodness and all the rest of us. Uh, We're going to look next week at the audience and how the good news that comes from God is for all people. And then we'll look at the power of the good news, because the good news from God accomplishes things that no other news can accomplish. And then on Christmas Eve, we'll look at the reception of the news and the great intimacy that God brings a person into when they listen to His news. So this morning, we want to look at the whole content and ask the question, um, well, consider the question of What is the content of the news that we listen to? Because uh, we all have to figure out our news diet, so to speak. And so what is the content of the news that we listen to? Now, sometimes the content is really obvious, isn't it? For example, in advertisements, if it's not clear what they're saying, it's a waste of time and money. And so with advertisements, the content is very clear. It's true in the election that we just had. The mailers come, the things on TV, this candidate is good and they will be good for you. Vote for them. This candidate is not as good or they're bad. They'll be bad for you. Vote for their opponent. And so it was really, really clear, wasn't it? Um, Not all news is that obvious about what its content is. But when news originates from a person or a group of people, it almost always comes out of some kind of a worldview, some kind of a bent that determines to some extent its content and what it is about. It could be a political worldview. It could be a religious worldview of atheism or agnosticism or uh, Mormonism or Christianity or universalism. It could be, we got to stay in business. Uh, We'll print whatever it takes for you to buy it and to stay in, in business. But whatever it is, it always comes and is always some kind of a mixed bag because of the content of what that news is. That is just not true when it comes to God's news. God's news is in an entirely different place, and thus it is always good news. And it is perfect for everyone. 
So the question we want to ask and look at this morning is, why is that true? And what even is the content of God's news? How would you capture the content of all that God says? If you had to just sum it up in one, two, three, four words, what is always the focal point of God's news? What is always the beginning and the purpose and the end of God's news? Anybody want to take a stab? Well, it's church, so you can say God, and you would be right. It's God. It's God. The content of all of his news is himself. And if we wanted to define that even a little bit more, we could say it is God in all of his glory and all of his holiness. Everything in God's news is good news, and it's perfect for everyone because it helps us to see who God is. It helps us to see that he is glorious to a degree that nothing else in this world is, which is the word holy. He's entirely on a different level than anybody else is. And as was read to us earlier, thank you, Jonathan, for reading that. Um, he's, what, what was it? He's heap bigger or something. Okay, there you go. He's just bigger. That's what glory means. He's bigger. Um, he's greater. Um, he is so much greater and more glorious than anything that you and I can possibly imagine. And, and so it's, it's like standing out there on the pier with a glass of water looking at the ocean, and our glory is like the glass of water, and His glory is the ocean. That's what it means that He's holy. He is so much greater and bigger that He's in an entirely different category than any glory that you and I have. And that's good news because when you get that one straight, you get life straight. You get life straight. And that's why it is always such good news. Now, let's look at some of the reasons, and, and let me just make a case for God's news, the content of God's news, always being about Him and His glory and His holiness. Now, sometimes it's just emphasizing Him. Sometimes it's emphasizing the brokenness of people in comparison to Him or the world systems or something like that. But it always has to do with God's glory and His holiness. So, for example, in uh, Psalm 19... The first two verses say this, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. The next verses go on to talk about how it does that without ever speaking a word. So what's the point of all creation? What does creation declare? Do the mountains say, look how great I am? Does the sun, as it makes its way, declare how great I am? God says, no. They declare the greatness of who? Of God. Because He created them. 
He's the one who created all those what we call scientific laws of gravity and light and heat and all of those things that keep them in place. Now the glory of the heavens, the glory of creation is so glorious that it's easy for people to reject this truth and they end up what? Worshiping the creation rather than the creator. They suppress that truth, Romans 1 tells us. But as we look around at all nature, what is the content of the news that nature screams? God is glorious. God is holy. You try to make a sunset. You try to make a mosquito. You try to make anything that God's made. Oh, He's holy. He's on such a different level than you are in what He knows and in His power. He's holy and He's big. He is glorious. And when we look at nature, we are to see that the point of what He's done in nature is that He is glorious. But there's something that God created that even bears more glory than all of creation. And that is people. People. If we go back to the very beginning in Genesis 1 and 2, we read that God created Adam and Eve in His likeness and in His image. That is something that sets them apart, sets us apart as people from the mountains and the sunsets, and yes, the mosquitoes. It just sets us entirely apart because we are created in the image and likeness of God. So for example, we can finitely know things that God knows infinitely. We have the ability to think and to reason and to make decisions based upon our reasoning. And we have certain powers and abilities to be able to carry out what we decide to do. It's all finite while He is infinite, but that's something that no ocean can do. That's not anything that any of our pets can do. It puts us as people in a very, very different category. And if we go back to Genesis 1 and 2 in the beginning, we see that as God created man to bear His image and likeness, He created Adam and Eve not to live independently. He created Adam and Eve in His image and likeness with a built-in dependence to live on God's news all the time. His intention was, Adam, Eve, you listen to my news feed all the time. And when you listen to my news feed, you will live out your life in my likeness and in my image, and all of creation is going to experience a glory and a beauty and a working together that I designed it to experience and to live in. And so live based upon my newsfeed. 
And so, if you will, if I can use a deck of cards this morning, a couple deck of cards here. There in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve a card. You're created in the likeness of an image. I will speak to you and tell you how to play that card. I'll tell you how to name the animals. I'll tell you how to rule over them. Adam, I'll tell you how to live as a husband to your wife. And Eve, I'll tell you how to live as a wife to your husband. I will tell you how to do that. And when that was originally created, God looked at it all and He says, this is very good. Well, we know that's not the reality today. What happened? What happened? Well, Satan, another created being of God, an angel, didn't want to live based upon the news of how God created him and why God created him. He wanted a glory that God didn't create him to bear. And so God judged him. And Satan came into the Garden of Eden with the first fake news ever. And he said, listen to my news. Listen to my news. And Adam, while Eve listened to the news feed, she passed that news on to Adam. Adam listened to the news feed. And when Adam listened to the news feed, he was dealt another card. If he was, well, he was dealt the old maid. He now had a losing hand. He had a losing hand because by listening to that news feed, he had cut off the ability to live in relationship with God. He cut off the ability to hear the voice of God because that's what sin does. Sin separates. Now, it caused all kinds of other problems. It caused marriage problems. caused disease problems. caused work issues. Brought pain in labor and delivery. And it brought physical death. But what it meant is, Adam and Eve, you've got the old maid. If you die with the old maid in your hand, you what? You lose. You lose. Now to make matters even worse, there wasn't a thing that Adam and Eve could do about that because look at the hand they've got. And to make matters even worse, they passed this hand on to every one of their children down through the generations. So that the moment that any one of us came out of our mother's womb, even at the point of conception, this is the hand we were dealt. It's pretty hopeless. It's pretty dark. And it puts all people in a position that they cannot change themselves. Now, thankfully, God had a plan to exhibit His glory and His holiness to a degree that this world had never known. And He began to give some news feeds along the way, some news flashes, if you will, that just seemed real short and may not have made a lot of sense. But these news flashes begin to say, I've got a plan. I'm working my plan. 
I'm working my plan. And so let's look at just a few of these news flashes. I'll walk you through them and then we'll look at the biggie in the scriptures in just a moment here. But the news flashes actually began when he talked, when God addressed Satan right there in Genesis 3 after Adam and Eve had listened to the news from Satan rather than the news from God. And God had some news for Satan. He says in Genesis 3, verse 15, he says, I'm declaring war between you, Satan, and the woman. Between your offspring, all those who will be of their father, the devil, and the offspring of the woman who will listen to me and obey me and follow me. Oh, your offspring will wound the woman's offspring, but the woman's offspring will bring a fatal blow to your existence and your power and your purpose. It was a cryptic message. Well, right from the beginning, that newsflash began to set the stage. Over the years, he brought more news flashes, more details through kings and prophets and priests. So, for example, there's the news flashes that this deliverer will be born of a kingly lineage. In fact, the lineage of King David. And he would come and he would establish the kingdom of God and the kingdom would never end. It would never end. Then there's the news flash to the prophet Isaiah that adds even a little bit more detail that God will bring a great light to those who sit in spiritual darkness. He will break the yoke of sin, defeat the oppressor Satan, and eventually all oppressors. How's he going to do this? A child will be born to us. And a son, the very son of God, will be given. And the government ruling will rest upon his shoulders. And his ruling will bring peace and justice and righteousness in an increasing way and forevermore. There's the news flash that came through the prophet Micah. This one, who is going to be the one. Oh, he's been from ages past. He's been from eternity past. But he's going to enter time and space in the town called Bethlehem. He will be born there. And he will go forth as a king. The rumblings grew louder and more personal about 600 years later when God began to dispatch angels. He brought the initial news flash. He used prophets and kings to bring the other ones. But as it draws closer, he sends angels. And they become so much more personal. First, he appears to the priest Zacharias serving in the temple one day. He says, I know you're old. I know your wife's way past having kids, but guess what? You're going to have a son. And he will be the one who paves the way for this one who will come and will bring a redemptive solution to the hand that you have been dealt. 
And Jonathan read to us about his beginning of his ministry. The angel showed up next in a little town called Nazareth to a young virgin who was engaged to be married called Mary. And then to her fiancé, Joseph, in a dream. And these news flashes had even more clarity and immediacy. Like, it's happening. It's happening. Mary, you as a virgin, by a miraculous work of God's glory and His presence, will bear a son, the very Son of God. And He shall be named Jesus for he will save his people from their sin. And then, the biggest, most obvious newsflash, to a group of shepherds just minding their own business on the hills of Bethlehem. Open your Bibles or open a copy of the Scripture to Luke chapter 2. Let's read this one, because this is the one that blew the news wide open. This is the one, actually, that this whole thing of when good news is God's news, it's for every person. This is the passage that that comes out of. Let's jump into verse 6 here of chapter 2 of Luke 2. Um, the previous verses have talked about how God in His providence worked through a Roman egotistical ruler to get people where they should be as he had given those news flashes in the decades and centuries before. But verse 6, while they were there, Mary and Joseph, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. But an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, here's the statement, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with, an, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest! And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And the baby as he lay in the manger, when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been 
told them. When good news is God's news, it is perfect for everyone. And there was no better declaration than this one right here. What's the content of the good news that comes from God? He is a glorious God. He is a holy God. And He is at work, a redemptive work, to deal with the hand that you and I and all people are dealt at birth. To deal with that old maid, so to speak, that has given us a losing hand before Him and before eternity. I love this story for so many reasons, and I know you do too. I mean, how many times do you read it? And it's still so beautiful. But the theme for this whole Christmas season is there in verse 10. I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. And what is the response when the other angels hear the declaration of this? Glory to God in the highest. What's the content of all the news? What's the point of all the news? Glory to God. Glory to God. He does things nobody else can do. He does things in a way, in a holiness that nobody else can do. And a child was born for us, but He gave His Son to us. The shepherds got that point. Verse 20, they went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, for this news And then when they went and checked out what they had heard, they saw that the news was true. Thirty years later about this one who was born in the manger began his ministry and his life. And he became the good news incarnate. He became the one who lived the good news. The one who spoke the good news. And in Mark 1, picking up where Jonathan left off, says Jesus came into Galilee and He began preaching the gospel. Gospel is simply the word good news. And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Or here's another way to repent and believe in the gospel. Begin following Jesus. And so what Jesus began to declare is, yeah, you've been dealt a hand, but here's what I do. I open up the news communication from God to you, and if you want to win, uh, live a victorious life, if you want the old maid to be proven and rendered powerless in your life, if you want even your own sins because you've listened to that, wiped away, God deals a new hand. He gives you a new card that trumps everything else in life. It trumps it and He comes into your life. And what it does is it puts you in a position to hear the news from God freshly, moment by moment, day by day, following Him. How do you follow somebody? You listen to them. 
You do what they say to do. And that's good news. Because then it puts you on the path of life. It means that our sins are forgiven because this one who called people to follow him, three and a half years later, would be crucified on a cross. Not for any sins that he had done, but for sins that we have done. So that the wrath of God would be satisfied. And our sins could be considered as far as the east is from the west and remembered no more. And this very life of Christ is applied to our accounts. And so he gives us a card that trumps whatever cards that we have in all of life. A few years later, the Apostle Paul would just reinforce this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, now I want to make known to you the gospel, the good news which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. What's he saying? Keep listening to the news source from God. What got Adam and Eve and the whole human race in trouble? They listened to fake news. They listened to it from Satan, and then Satan so influenced the world system. He so influenced our own hearts. Our hearts are not trustworthy. The news that comes to us through the world isn't trustworthy. It needs to all be filtered through God's news. We need it, but we have got to filter it. And so Paul says, man, keep believing the news feed from God, the good news that I preach to you. And what is the summary of that? I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. In other words, Christ died for our sins just as those news flashes throughout history said He would. And that He was buried just like the news flashes said. And that He was raised on the third day just as the news flashes in the Old Testament said He would be. It is so true that when good news is God's news, it is good for everyone. And so the great calling upon people's lives who have been dealt, oh, they were created in the image of God, but they were dealt a bad hand in that they had a sin nature from the very beginning of conception. And then they began to live their life and choose sin over righteousness. The good news is, the good news is, is that Christ has a trump card. Christ is the trump card. In all of His glory and holiness, and it puts us back in a place to listen to His news feed and to hear His news and to live our lives on a path of life that He intends for us now, does that mean that everything all of a sudden becomes rosy and there's no internal temptations to sin and nobody's going to treat us wickedly? No. We can all say no, right? No. It means that this world is still going to... It's still going to give us some cards. Some of you are entering Christmas season without a loved one. 
Some of them were taken away by disease. Some were taken away by death. There's a few in here who have had loved ones murdered. Or maybe it was an accident, car accident or something else. How do you get through that? You listen to the trump card of Jesus Christ. Some of you are wrestling with your own health. How do you deal with that? You keep listening to the news feed from God. You keep playing the trump card of Christ. How do you deal with your own temptations of sin and the way you just keep seeming to dig holes, whether it's through actual sinful choices of your participation in evil things, or whether it's just a self-absorption of I'm lonely, I'm this, I'm that. How do you deal with that? You listen to the news feed from heaven. And you live your life in Christ. Because when we play the trump card of Christ, we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined, He predetermined for us to be conformed to the image of His Son. How did Jesus live His life on planet Earth? He lived based upon a news feed from His Father. He says, I don't do anything of my own accord. I listen to the news feed from my Father. What He says to do, I do. And God's at work in our own life, weaning us off and helping us to make sure that His news is the predominant news source. I'm obviously saying don't, I'm not saying don't listen to any other news. We're dependent upon news. But what I'm saying is, if other news sources, whether they're coming out of your own head, or they're coming from other people, or they're coming from other sources, if those news sources are not trumped by this news source, and particularly the news source of Jesus Christ, then you're in for a huge roller coaster ride. And God wants us to live like He did, like Christ wants us to live like He did, listening to the news source and letting that be the predominant news source in our life. Why? Because when good news comes from God, what do we always know? It's perfect. Experiencing grief from something that was taken from you, someone who was taken from you, listen to God's news voice. Listen to His voice in Christ. It's perfect for you and your situation. You're dealing with some sin and how your heart keeps getting led astray. Listen to God's news source. It's perfect for your situation. Feeling detached, worthless, what's the point, lonely, Listen to God's news. It's good news, and it is perfect for you in your situation. 
See, God is not typically about changing our circumstances. He's about changing us and conforming us into his image and likeness. Now, this all begins by coming to a point in our understanding where we need to repent, as Jesus said, and believe the good news. In other words, we need to repent of listening to other news sources and putting our belief in them. And we need to make what God says about who He is in all of His glory and holiness. And we need to begin to listen to His news source. His news source alone is glorious and holy and redemptive. So if you've never turned to Christ and put His news on a pedestal unlike any other news, that's the beginning point. That's what it looks like to follow Him, listen to Him. If you have, then my question to you is, what good news from God does He want you to listen to and to believe this morning? What about a particular circumstance that you're in does He want you to believe? Let's pray together. Father, we thank You that You alone are glorious and holy. And we thank You that You have used Your glory and holiness to give us the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, we marvel at how You would give Your only begotten Son. We marvel about how God, Your Son, fully God, could become a person in Mary's womb. We marvel at how You got them down to Bethlehem. We marvel about this news to the shepherds. We marvel about how He could be raised by Mary and Joseph and His brothers and sisters. We marvel at how He would begin a ministry and He would live it perfectly in all holiness just listening to You, Father. We marvel at how He would touch dead people and they would come to life. How He would touch diseased people and they would become healthy. How He would deal with people that are demon-possessed and out of their minds and uncontrolled and cutting themselves and they would be sitting at His feet listening to His news feed and following Him for the rest of their days. We marvel and we are those people, Lord. Help us to listen to Your news. Believe Your news. Because it has everything to do with the person that we are and the person we're becoming. We want to be conformed into Your very likeness, Lord Jesus. So thank You for speaking. Thank You for a chance to listen. Thank You for a chance to believe. And it's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.